always start with something that is digestible. Like you want to do CrossFit. Awesome. Find a hit class first. Don't just jump right into CrossFit. Let's go find a class that is a little bit more tailored towards your fitness level right now. Like if you're somebody who's sitting on a couch and you just happen to be like, oh, I'm listening to this podcast and this guy's cool. Let me go find a CrossFit gym. Like that might be a little too much for you. Finding something that you can digest and feel comfortable with. Maybe it's even just like, hey, I want to do CrossFit, but I'm going to go to Planet Fitness and just see if I can commit to that first. And then, okay, I've committed to this for a month. Let me go find the next thing that I can commit to. And let me just keep, it's a journey, right? It's not about, well, let me just lose 10 pounds and I'll be good. No, keep the 10 pounds off and keep going. You know what I mean? Hello, friend, and welcome to episode 38 of the Feeling Full podcast. I'm Mordechai, an entrepreneur and coach who struggled with being overweight for nearly two decades. But since 2012, I've lost 130 pounds and have kept it off. Join me and my guest today to discover how it's possible and even simple to lose weight with ease without going on crazy diets or without doing intense workouts, unless you want to. If you're ready to give up quick fixes and fad diets and build a fulfilling relationship with your body and food, then this show is for you. Today, our guest is Leon Uptegrove. Leon is the owner of a CrossFit gym called Lumberjack Athletics. In getting to know Leon, I learned he had been through his own weight loss journey, losing over 50 pounds, serving and getting kicked out of the U.S. military, which all led him to open his own gym. I just got back from a workout with Leon where he literally crushed me. I showed up in the morning and he said, I got a really intense workout, 13 rounds nonstop of rowing, squatting, and push-ups. He said he created this workout to honor the 13 soldiers that were recently killed in Afghanistan. In this episode, we talk about Leon's journey to the military, his health, how he motivates himself, and how ultimately he manages his mind. Leon shares why most people fail at their fitness goals and how to approach any goal you may have, like running a marathon, weightlifting, in a way that sets you up for success. And before we get started, I've got to ask, even though I don't like asking for anything, it would mean a lot to me if you would take a few seconds to subscribe to this podcast. Not only will this ensure you never miss an episode, but you'll also greatly help with the growth of the show. And if you subscribed, thank you. I appreciate you. Alrighty, thanks for joining and let's jump right in. It's great seeing you again, man. Twice in one day is my lucky day. <laughs> I'm glad you see it like that. <laughs> How's your <laughs> no, body feeling after today? That workout? Oh, dude, it was, a, it was a good one. It was a good one. I got to say, though, yes, uh, Wednesday's workout was definitely one of my favorites, throwing that 50-pounder around over, over the shoulder. That was oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just grunt work, man. Grunt work is fun. There's no skill. There's no just, this just, let's just do it. Let's just pick it up and throw it, right? So Yeah, and I think you have this great thing about you, which when I come to gym and I'm in, I'm in that weird, wonky morning morning mood, morning hangover and just like not interested in not interested in getting into it for the first 10 15 minutes getting past that hump you know i feel like you have a great way about pushing me over that hump to where i'm at it and i'm ready to go you know yeah i try to read how people are feeling when they walk in the door like if i can see yeah. your body language is a little bit more like uh, then it's like okay we're gonna do a little bit of different type of a warm-up to get you to that point where it's like okay yeah i'm ready to do this now or if i see somebody walk in and it's like oh i'm on fire today it's like all right then we're just gonna go right from the start let's just get this thing after so i try to always make sure that that i'm reading people's body language and their overall attitude mood and uh let's play off of that and make sure that we're getting the best out of the situation because that's really what it's all about right we're here to get better we're not and it's one percent better every day if we can get better 1% better every day in 100 days, you're 100% better, right? That's how I see it. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm right with you there. Slow and steady change, you know, simple, simple little tweaks every single day. But I guess some days you're more than 1% harder on me. So I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah, well, again, I'm reading your body language, man. <laughs> if, if I got that Mordecai that's like, hey, man, I'm ready to go. It's like, all right, man, I'm going to get 2% out of you today then. Yeah, right. You know, milk, that, milk it when you can. So were you always like this? Was this always a thing? Because I know, you know, we have, we've had conversations when we're working out and you mentioned that you used to be overweight yourself before you had a CrossFit gym, before you and the Coast Guard, you used to be overweight. So when did this mindset of 1% better and all these, this approach that you have to fitness and your life come to realization? So CrossFit really changed my life. And I started doing CrossFit in 2011 of July. Yeah, July 2011 is when I started this. Before that, I was a pretty active guy. I was in the military. I just got out the, the January of uh, in 2011, and I was kind of lost. Before that, I was in the military. I was a wrestler. So I already had that kind of like, we're just going to get after this thing every day. You know, um, I don't know if you know what the sport of wrestling is like, but it, there's there's no nonsense. You're here to do one thing and one thing only, and that's to get better, fitter, faster, stronger. So I already kind of had that with my wrestling coach in high school. He was an amazing coach. He came from Fulton, up in Fulton, uh, New York, and they had an amazing team. I just got it from him. He's like, hey, man, you're not going to get better on the mat if you're not working in practice, you know, so you might as well just put all your effort into it. So when I that's kind of where it all started. My dad was a no nonsense kind of guy, too. It's like, listen, you have a job to do and you're just going to get after it. And if you can get further along in that project or whatever it is that you're doing, then you had a successful day. If you didn't get further and you didn't push the envelope, then what would you do? You know, what was the point of today? So and then when I found CrossFit, there was really no nonsense involved. Like if I started the sport as a sport. Most people start CrossFit as a fitness routine. And I just immediately loved it for the sport of it. When I got into it was, you know, when CrossFit was really starting to become a real sport, like it was on ESPN, there was starting to get some real coverage behind it. There was real money involved in far as, as far as winning uh, prize purses. So it was just one of those things like, Hey, if I want to get good at this, I have to make sure that every time I'm training, I'm getting the most out of training. So with that mindset that you had from wrestling and from this mindset of like, you know, getting the most out of things, where does the idea come from? I mean, you were also, not the where idea come from, but the idea of you were struggling with your weight. You mentioned you were quite close to 50 pounds overweight at, in, your, in your late years of high school, was it? Yeah. So uh, I actually was overweight. I had like ebbs and flows of overweight. So a little background, um, I come from a Portuguese family on my mother's side. And I don't know if you know anything about Portuguese people, but they're just as bad as Italian people. They love to feed their people, you know, and it's not necessarily the best stuff. So, and I was an, uh, an only, the only grandson in the family. So I got super spoiled. My grandmother would make a full pot roast at 10 o'clock in the morning for me, like a full <laughs> pot roast. And wow. it was for me, it was nobody else's. And like, I had to eat it all. And if I didn't eat it all, like she would be like, well, not upset, but like, hey, Maybe I didn't do something right or something like that. You know what I mean? So I was very overweight young. And then when I moved out of Massachusetts, that's where I was born, Fall River, Mass. Uh, when I moved out of there, I went on to live with my father on the road, driving cross country because he was a truck driver at the time. And there's no health, healthy living on the road. You know, you're eating McDonald's, you're eating gas station food. So like, I even got heavier when I was living in that uh, environment. And my dad noticed it and my overall health wasn't being taken care of. So he plopped me here in Cairo, New York, right across the river. Um, I'm in Hudson right now. And I just started being more active. You know, I got around friends, you know, we started skateboarding, I started swimming. So I started to lose the weight kind of naturally. Then I got heavy again, I kind of held it off and I got into wrestling and stuff like that. And then when I got out of the military, the military wasn't a good thing for me. And I was in the Coast Guard. I had a good career. I was a gunner's mate. So I operated small arms and maintained like the warfare side of things, so to speak. 
but it wasn't a healthy lifestyle, you know, especially my last uh, little bit that I was in, I was in a bad area as far as like, there wasn't a lot to do. So I started to drink, do drugs, kind of go down a really bad path. I got kicked out of the military because of it. It just led me into a really bad spot. And when I came home, I didn't spiral out of it. I said, I kept spiraling down it. So like I started to drink, it was like a 24 pack a day. You know, I had a good job. I was doing construction at the time. That's kind of my background outside of fitness. So I actually started to just spiral a little bit more and I, I wasn't eating right and I wasn't taking care of myself. And from January till July, where uh, a former friend of mine, we don't speak anymore, but he actually got me into CrossFit. That's when things started to change for me. I started to lose weight again. I went from 250 pounds down to 180 pounds in like three months. Wow. Yeah. I just dove in. I just went into it. I was like, this is what I want to do. And if I'm going to do it, I need to, I need to put all my chips onto the table and just see where they land. So that's how I kind of lost it all. I mean, that's incredible. And I'm curious and I'm taking a, a, a long shot here, but does you getting kicked out of the military have anything to do with you? Like having to feel like you may need to prove something. Cause you lost a lot of weight really quickly by doing really intense workouts. I mean, not everyone even knows, you know, what CrossFit is actually, before we get into this, can you just t tell everybody the, um, how do you think, how do you think about CrossFit? How do you describe it to somebody who doesn't know what it is? Yeah, absolutely. So CrossFit and like the kind of wonky, if you're like into definitions is constantly varied functional movements performed at high intensity. <laughs> it says everything, but means nothing, right? If I said it to somebody, they wouldn't understand. So basically what it is, is we do everything that you could possibly think of run, swim, ski, row, jump, lift weights, whatever it is, we do it all, right? And we do it all with intensity. And intensity yields the best results, right? If you do anything with intensity, you're going to get the best results possible because you're giving 100% of your effort. And that's different day to day. But the main thing about CrossFit, other than utilizing all of the, the cool, sexy stuff that you do inside of a gym or maybe outside of the gym, is it's a community. Right. So you have you have accountability because you have people that are going to show up every day and they're going to be there for you. You're going to be there for them. It becomes more of a family than anything. You know, it's it's different from a typical gym because of that. The people that are there, you become intertwined your life. Like, for example, we we don't even really do like the community side of things, you and I, but I think that you probably and you and you can speak for this because I don't really know. We have a little bit more of a relationship than you probably have ever had with any other type of trainer or anybody that you've met in a gym. And we've only known each other for what, two weeks? Yeah, I think it's been a month now, no? Has it been a month? We're getting close to a month. I think we're going to be going into the third week this week. Oh, I think this wow. is our second week. It's, maybe, it's, maybe maybe you see, right. you see like you've known me for a long time already, right? Yeah, we I mean, get personal, you know? We do. We do get personal. I think the thing about CrossFit where everyone, the community piece is really important, where everyone, everyone's supporting each other. I walk in this morning, you know, one of your other trainers, first thing is like, hey, good morning. It's like, you know, she's in the middle of working out, squatting, whatever. God knows how much weight on her back, but she was, you know, 290 pounds, 290 pounds. Wow. Yeah, she's a strong chick. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing, man. That's what we, and that's what we really thri uh, thrive at uh, or strive for is the community because it doesn't work without the community. Yeah. If, if we're not doing that part, we're might as well be a planet fitness. Yeah. yeah no, so I, that's, that's what CrossFit really is. It's a community. It's a community of people who want to better themselves. And a community of people who like to yell at each other to get things done. So if you're, if you're not, if you're not pulling your weight, <laughs> yell, or is it, you guys calling it cheerleading, but whatever it is, moral support, it, it comes, it comes in droves. Yeah, man. The crazy thing about it, you could be the first person done and you know, you might get some pats on the back, but you will get louder cheers if you're the last person done. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You get I'm, that support. I'm aware I've been to cross. I've got, you know, it's not my first time at the rodeo across CrossFit. Yeah. And I definitely have been the last one many times and had the whole gym cheering me on to finish. But I got to say, that's what gets me 
over the finish line and to continue to push past my own, you know, internal limits. But I'm curious back to, um, now that we have a definition of CrossFit, I'm curious back to how getting kicked out of the military impacted, you know, your psyche and your life. Yeah, uh, it was definitely a low point because I thought I was going to be there for 20 years, you know, and I didn't even make my full four. I got taken out before that because, uh, you know, just like I said, I was I was messing around with the wrong stuff and the Coast Guard doesn't play around. There's no second chance with them. You know, they don't need you. The people and I and this is how it was explained to me when I was getting kicked out. It's like we don't die. You know, this isn't the Marines. Like we don't have people that are dying every day or going overseas and being put in these situations. Like if you're in the Coast Guard, you're going to pretty much be there for the rest of your life. And they know that. So if you mess up even a little bit, they're like, get out. Like, we don't need you. We, they strive to be the best of the best, and they only want the best of the best. And if you're not it, see you later. They even told me when I was leaving, like, hey, if you want to go somewhere, you can go to the Army, you go to the Marines, they'll take you. I'm like, okay. Like, no, I'm good. I'm going to leave uh, and just go back to civilian life. And yeah, it messed me up a little bit when I came home because one thing, my family was very proud of me uh, when I left. My dad was a merchant Marine. If you don't know what merchant Marines are, I would go look them up because they're pretty cool. And then my dad was into that. He was very proud of me. And my dad's not somebody who's ever like really showed. My dad's very stoic. So he doesn't really show emotion very much. But when I came home, I, I could tell that he wasn't proud anymore. So that was a little bit of a stink. Cause I grew up with just my dad in my life. My mom uh, and my dad split when I was three and like, I didn't really have my mom in my life. We are now we're good, but that wasn't really the case growing up. So I kind of felt like I let my dad down and my family down. I let myself down. I thought I had a career, you know, that I was like, Oh, cool. I'm set. You know, until I'm, I went in when I was just out of high school, I did one semester in college said that wasn't for me. And I went right in. So I was, you know, I thought I had something and then I don't have it, you know, and I had no guidance. I didn't want to be in construction. I knew I didn't want to be in construction. I'm good at it, but I didn't want to do it because I saw how, what it did to my parent, uh, my dad's body, my uncle's body. They're just rough. You know, mm. they're my dad's 60 years old and he's got so many issues due to just beating his body up all the time. So I knew I didn't want that, um, but that's where I was. So I just wasn't happy. You know, I was in a, like a kind of a downward spiral. I was in a relatively new relationships. I just got into seeing a girl at the time and we were always just like, I wasn't my best self. I was always mean and angry and just, it just wasn't good. None of it was good. And then CrossFit came around and I started focusing on my fitness and my health. There's probably something I should also mention about the weight loss part. I actually gained not the best weight doing CrossFit. Like after I lost 180 pounds and I got really, really light, I started to notice that like mass moves mass. So if I'm going to be like a uh, upper echelon athlete. I need to be able to move weights like they can. So I started to just eat whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm training two, three hours a day. I can eat whatever I want. I'm going to Burger King. I'm going to, uh, to Stewart's and getting a milkshake. Like I can do whatever I want. And I actually got quite overweight again. I was fit. Like I was able to do the things and I was able to run with the best of the best. But if you looked at me, you'd be like, that dude's not fit. Like that dude's mm. got a gut, you know, and he's got visceral fat. So it wasn't until I met my better half, Kristen, she actually came into the gym that I was coaching at at the time. We were just friends at first and we ended up, uh, you know, our, both the relationships that we were in separated and we ended up getting together and she's a nurse. She started really getting into like the holistic nutrition stuff. And she, I was like kind of her first project. And she's like, you know, Hey, you're going to stop eating uh, Dunkin' Donuts sandwiches in the morning and then not eating again <laughs> until nighttime. And like, let's really start to focus on your health. So that's when I really started to realize like, Oh, there's way more to this than just working out and eating like a, you know, an asshole for lack of a better word yeah. and start to be more mindful of the things that you're putting into your body. What's that doing to you? And I actually had a really bad knee injury. I tore my meniscus and my uh, patellar tendon and I looked at her. I'm like, I just want to eat 
the best way I possibly can to heal. And so she put me on a vegetarian diet for probably a year and a half, two years. And that's when I really lost a lot of weight. And then we've always just played with it since then. You know, she's now a nurse practitioner and a holistic nutritionist. And she's just, she's so good with that stuff that she's everything I know about nutrition. I learned from her. So that's what really made me good. Quite a journey to get where you are. And the thing that stuck out to me um, when I walked into your gym was, you know, obviously there is this great synergy that you and Kristen have, you know, she, you know, you the way you talk about her, the way she's always working out, you're always working out, she's working with clients or she, whatever, whatever's going on. It's like a, you guys have a great energy, you know, whatever, whatever you bring into the gym. And then there's like this, I noticed everything in the gym is very particular, not in an OCD way, which is annoying for people that are coming like the gym participants like myself, but it's like everything is really in order. Everything has a place to go. And there's a lot of respect. It feels like a respectable environment. It's not a place people are using. People come in to work out and they actually respect the, respect the place because I think you bring that. And I guess my question is because this really stuck out to me, the way you go out with excellence. Like there's this vibe of excellence to everything you do, um, whether it's working out, whether it's your body, whether it's your relationship, the way you carry yourself. And I'm curious what lessons you learned in your life. Maybe they're from your father, maybe the military that actually are sticking with you in the way you're operating now in your life? That is such a good question. So for it, it <laughs> I'll just be honest with you about it. I'm an asshole by nature. Like it's not easy. It's not hard for me to be just a dickhead. I can do that very easily. It takes a lot more work for me to be patient. It takes a lot more work for me to be caring. And it takes a lot more for me to, to pursue excellence. So right? kinda, that's what so, I want. So, so kind of like this morning when you told me you couldn't change the music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very easy. Yeah, that was a yeah, and it's funny because you it's funny that you said that because afterwards as soon as I said no, I was like, no, well fuck, it. I'm just going to go ask my raid how she feels about it and then, you know, this is, you know, this is something that is matters to him and it doesn't matter to her probably. So, yeah, it's very easy for me to to put on that asshole hat and and be that and I don't want that because that's something that I did grow up with. My dad is a very hard man. He is something that, you know, has played a huge influence on my life. As much as I love him, think he's a great guy, he has a good heart, there's a lot of things about him that I don't necessarily want to be. And one of them is being a hard ass. I don't want to be a hard ass. I want to be somebody who is compassionate and caring and supportive and you know brings out the best. By being myself, I bring out the best in others. That's what I'm always striving for. So it's constant work. It's work every day, you know. It's I do it in my relationship too with Kristen because I'm I'm short, you know. I'm I'm somebody who doesn't need motivation. You know what I mean? Like I don't need music in the workout. I don't need to do this to be successful. But I have to understand where other people meet people where they are. That's really what it is. Meet people where they are. What do you need and what can I do to provide that service for you so you can be successful? And if you've met anybody who knew me as a new coach back in 2011, and if they saw me now, they'd be like, who the hell is this guy? Because he, I used to be like a boot camp instructor because that's what I came from. I came from that type of, that type of area of, you know, we're hard, we're doing this, we're getting it done, doesn't matter. We're not going to complain about it where now I've had to learn through my experiences as a coach really is what taught me this and coaching in different areas because I coached in here in Hudson, went up to Albany, which was a completely different demographic. And now I'm back to Hudson. I had to learn how to, to meet people where they are. That's really what it was. Hmm. I think so. I'm glad that you see that in me, though, that I have that pursuit of excellence because that's something that uh, I, I don't hear very often. I don't people don't tell me that. So I'm glad that at least it's coming out in some shape and form. Yeah, I mean, I feel it when I walked into the gym, I can really sense, you know, maybe my empathic 
magical superpowers, <laughs> but um, hey, they're real, I, man. They're I, out there. So. I felt I felt, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to work out with you because I was like, I want to. It's very hard. I have a really, I have this like um, this issue where I, it's been an issue my entire life. Well, authority, I don't get along with authority. So when I have a trainer, naturally, I'm going to challenge the trainer. What I realize is when I really respect the person, I don't need to challenge the person. Because of, and, and what I really respect in people is when they're doing something from their heart, when it's not like an ego thing. You're not trying to show me you're stronger or better than me. You're just trying to help me reach my goals. Like every time I showed, I, I told you about a goal, you're like, oh, great. We're going to do that next, next time you come in. We're going to work on the, we'll work on your lats, work on your shoulders, work on. It's never come from like an egotistic place. So never challenge, like your ego, my ego never really, they don't butt heads. And I often find this with coaches because it's not coming from the, the healthiest place. So yeah. I think that's where I picked it up from. And I respect that about you, which is why I think I'm enjoying working out with you so much. So oh, it's awesome. I'll be honest with you. The one thing I always say to everybody is the male ego is a fragile thing. Like we, we really are fragile human beings with that. And when we feel like our ego is being challenged, we get weird. Guys yeah. get weird, you know? Yeah. And so that's, that's another thing that I always work on is like, no, dude, like this is your ego talking and you need to stop. Like, and that was a little bit probably this morning with the music. I know that's, that's totally, simple, but it's like, that's a little bit of an ego move. And it's like, no, dude, check yourself, fix it. And I actually felt that. And then I yeah. said to myself, dude, just walk out, man. You don't need this shit. That was the first thought that came into my mind. Was, it was like, dude, just walk out. Like, what the, well, you just, you're being disrespected. Yeah. And I was like, man, just calm down for a second. Maybe he's got a point. And I actually thought, thought about it. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Someone else working out and I wasn't paying attention to that. And I just. I don't like that kind of rap or whatever it was. And it just wasn't, I was, I, w I walked into my morning mood, you know, but um, I actually worked through that in those, in those first few minutes. So I'm glad I had the awareness, but yeah, my ego was hit in that moment, you know? And dude, congratulations on you for noticing that because you could yeah. have easily succumbed to that and been like, yeah, fuck this guy. I'm out of here, dude. Like, and the only person that you would have hurt in that situation would have been yourself. Yeah. And a hundred percent, I worked through it in those moments. And before you even change it, I, I was fine. Even before you change, I was like, all right, we're just going to put up, you know, let's see if you can work through this as opposed to like, you know, a boarding mission and getting out of the gym. And, and then you changed it anyways, which was great because that music um, definitely motivates me. You know, I definitely respond better to disco music and that type in that early morning than rap a really, really important lesson for, for us both. Yeah. And I'm glad that it's funny that we had two different, completely different things going on. And yet we both resolved this. Dude, that's awesome. That's huge. That's, that's, it's really tough, man. I think for men, we, we are kind of like put in a position where it's like, we always have to be a certain thing. We always have to be strong. We always have to be, you know, ready to rock and roll. But when you actually allow, especially with another guy, it's really hard to do with other guys. It's easy to be vulnerable with women, but it's not easy to be vulnerable with another guy. Cause it's like, there's always like that, that testosterone, you know, you know, measuring up to one another. But when you can let that go and just you're vulnerable to me, I'm vulnerable. To, and that's what I took as like, no, dude, this guy wants a certain thing, you know, and he's paying for a product. So he should absolutely have what he's looking for. And for me, my own ego, it's like, dude, don't even worry about the music. Like, fuck the music. You don't and that's, need what, that's what I actually realized in that moment, too, this morning. I was like, you know what? Leon doesn't e actually understand because for you listening right now, I don't know. If you, I mean, I'm, sh I would guess that 99% of people listening, listen to music when they work out. So you're a rare breed. The fact that you don't need music to motivate you, you work out without music. And I think that's brilliant. But I realized that in the moment this morning, I'm like, it's just not important to you even because I'm making such a big deal about it. And to you, it's not really important because you don't even, the significance of music working out is not something that registers in your mind is important. Yeah, no, it's not. It, to me, it's like, I try not to have out external motivations, right? Like if I can't motivate myself, that's a problem. That's me. That's how I see it. That doesn't mean you see it that way. That doesn't mean anybody else sees it that way. But for me, it's like, if I have to use like 
music to get me hyped up or if I have to use like a motivational speech. And I, and I listen to these things too, but I usually listen to them in a car because that's when I can actually listen to it. If I'm working out and I'm breathing heavy, I'm not listening to anything that's being said right now. Like I don't even know what's on. So what are you listening to in your mind? Like what's going on? What's your internal dialogue? Cause something, there's, a, there's a, something going on in your mind at those moments. Yeah. So for me, I've never had a coach. I've never had a coach in CrossFit. I've always started as a coach. I got into this because I'll be honest with you. I didn't want to pay a, a CrossFit membership because CrossFit's expensive, right? I didn't want to pay it. So what I did was I went and got my coaching certificate, uh, which is an L1. Uh, you can get it any weekend. There's always an L1 somewhere. It's a thousand dollars. I had the thousand dollars and uh, I went and did it. So now I can coach and then I can do this all I want. So for me, I never had anybody to count my reps. I never had anybody to give me an idea of what I should be doing. That was all on me to figure out. I didn't have that. So that's always what's on my brain. Like, what's my goal? What am I trying to get out of this workout? Am I trying to be fast? Am I trying to be smooth? Am I trying to work on the repetitions? Am I trying to do a certain amount of sets? Am I supposed to, what, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish here that's going to move my needle forward as far as my fitness goes, my mental capacity goes, my strategy? Did I have the right strategy for this workout? You know, to me, this is a sport. And for me to get the best out of it, I need to be the best that I can possibly be. So the motivation inside my brain is just, get the fastest time, be proficient, be efficient, and make sure that this is, this is, you're getting your money's worth. You're and I quote unquote money's worth because there's no money involved, but you're getting what you need out of this workout. And it's going to put you in a better position. And that's, what's always going through my brain. Like I've had the music on, like, I'll play music when I'm working out for sure. I don't really care if somebody's working out with me, I'll be, Hey, put on whatever you want. I don't care. But there's been plenty of times where like music just cuts. And it's like, I'm in the middle of a workout and I'm not stopping my workout to go turn the music back on. It's like, Nope, that's where you're at, man. Good. Good. I'm glad that just happened because now this is going to be more challenging. You know, this is going to make you work and you're going to have to listen to your breathing. You're going to have to listen to the wall ball or the bar or something drop. And then you're going to have to have that conversation with yourself. Like you better pick that thing back up, my man, you got more stuff to do. We're not done yet. So that's just where it's, you know, just sharpening the ax, man, sharpen, sharpening the knife, make sure that you're good. So it sounds like your internal dialogue is very much like you holding yourself at a very high standard and then trying to or making sure that you match that standard at which you hold yourself. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Because I have people that look up to me, right? I have athletes that look up to me. And if I preach one thing and do something completely opposite, then I'm, I'm my word is useless. And right. what I say is useless. If you can't lead by example, then you shouldn't be leading. So this is really, it's an interesting conversation because I think something, everyone's motivation is obviously different. You know, I, honestly, when I'm working out with you, for me, I'm actually, you know, we've never spoken about this, but for me, it's almost like, I don't want to let you down. So if you push me in my mind, I'm like, if he says I can do it, I know I can do it. Like he wouldn't be asking me to do something that he wouldn't want me to get injured. I know you care. So I'm, I'm not worried that I'm going to get like injured. I think I have that relationship to you where I'm like, if he says I can do it, I'll do it. I guess the question I want to ask is for someone who has uh, a fitness goal, right? Because not everyone has this mindset that you have. I know, so I certainly don't. I need to be motivated. I need music. I need somebody to encourage me. That's where I'm at right now. But for somebody who wants to get into the gym for the first time and like get a trainer or go to CrossFit or run a marathon or half marathon, whatever, weightlifting competition, and it's physically hard, right? There's a lot of endurance. It's physically and mentally, emotionally hard. What advice would you give somebody who's dealing with this, you know, uh, mental blockage, so to speak? Yeah. I'm going to use a reference that is typically used for shooting because that's what I know, like shooting like rifles and stuff like that. Aim small, miss small. If my goal is to run a marathon, I shouldn't train for a marathon if I've never ran a 5K, right? I should run the 5K first and then 
see how I like that. Did I actually enjoy the training for a 5K? Because that's less training, right? I don't need to go through this huge volume of running to get to where I need to be for a 5K. So that's where I'm going to start. And then, okay, I enjoyed that. Let me take a 5K and go to a 10K. Okay, I did the 10K. I like that. I enjoyed it. Let me move to a half marathon. Oh, okay, I'm enjoying this. And then you kind of make a process because people who find like a a short-term goal, like, hey, I'm going to run a marathon. Like we actually have an athlete that did this once. They didn't, they skipped all those steps and they just went straight to a marathon. Like, hey, I'm going to train. I'm going to run for a marathon. They did it. And then as soon as they did it, they were done. They were done with fitness. They just stopped. Cause it was so grueling and it was so mental and it was just so taxing on their body. Their body wasn't prepared for that. Always start with something that is digestible. Like you want to do CrossFit. Awesome. Find a hit class first. Don't just jump right into CrossFit. Let's go find a class that is a little bit more tailored towards your fitness level right now. Like if you're somebody who's sitting on a couch and you just happen to be like, Oh, I'm listening to this podcast and this guy's cool. Let me go find a CrossFit gym. Like that might be a little too much for you. Cause not all CrossFit gyms are designed the same way, right? We're very good at making sure that anybody who walks in the door is going to find success with us, but not every gym is like that. I wish I could say that that's the case, but it's just not. So finding something that you can digest and feel comfortable with, maybe it's even just like, Hey, I want to do CrossFit, but I'm going to go to Planet Fitness and just see if I can commit to that first. And then, okay, I committed to this for a month. Let me go find the next thing that I can commit to. And let me just keep, it's a journey, right? It's not about, well, let me just lose 10 pounds and I'll be good. No, keep the 10 pounds off and keep going. You know what I mean? So that's where I would say for people to start is aim small, miss small. Let's find something that I'm going to take my, myself outside for a walk. And then that walk's going to turn into a jog and that jog's going to turn into a run. And now that run turned into a 5k, that 5k turns into a 10k, half, uh, half marathon, marathon, boom. And now I love this sport. And now I'm going to keep running marathons and maybe I run an ultra marathon now. And then it just, there's the sky's the limit, right? But you have to find something that you're passionate about. Don't just do it just to do it. Don't just do it because you want to lose weight. That's not a motivation. Like it's a motivation, but it's a temporary one. Yeah. I think you're speaking to a really powerful concept, which is like, you know, you want to basically create the, you want to create small steps because when you do the, when you do small steps and then not only will it change last and that's the best way to create a habit, but also you prove to yourself you're eight, you're somebody who's able to do that. So if you go for a walk for five or 10 minutes and if you're, you're starting from point zero and then the next day you're jogging for next, well, not next day, but in a few, in a few weeks, you're like, it's a light jog for five or 10 minutes. You're building up you're building up the mental capacity that you can do whatever you can do. And every day is a little better than the day before. And I think the point is consistency, right? It's better to have consistency than it is to throw everything you own over a wall, so to speak, and try to go get it. It's like, you don't have to go climb the entire mountain today. Maybe the mountain's a year or two goal. And then you just create little steps to get stronger every single day to where you get to a point where climbing the mountain isn't so hard. And I think the, I think the point is consistency. And I think the problem people have is like, especially with CrossFit, I noticed that like, like I started with two days and now we're doing three there is a voice in my mind that says just go for five days a week how awesome would it be just to work out five days a week but i know that i'm like no it's better to have a couple days where it's off where you can relax let your body get back to where it needs to get back to like maybe in a little while you can do that but right now just eat enjoy the three days because the three days are intense in my body as it is like i haven't worked out with a trainer since the beginning of before COVID. you know in this way at a gym i was doing some virtual training for a while but that wasn't the same you know so yeah i think just having those small steps and being consistent is really is a really powerful way to think about it yeah a lot of people don't really understand the power of consistency right and i talk about it a lot with nutrition with people because people get so wrapped up with nutrition that if they mess up even a little bit that they're off the rails and it's like no like if you're consistent and you have that one little day or maybe two weeks like you go on vacation it's a little off and but you can get back on track with your nutrition 
that's good. Consistency over perfection. Because perfection yeah. will drive you nuts too, man. But if you're trying to be perfect all the time, like you'll become a lunatic and you'll yeah. become obsessed with something that may create worse habits than you even realize. Like I've seen that with people with nutrition who get so obsessed with it that they almost create a eating disorder for themselves. And it's like, that's not what you're looking for either. That's no. the, that's the opposite of what you were trying to get out of this. Right. So we have to be easy on ourselves as humans. We're not perfect and nobody ever will be perfect. And if they tell you are, they're lying. So you just have to be easy on yourself and know like every day I am trying to do my best and I'm a human being and that may not always be perfect, but I'm doing my best and I'm allowing myself to have that, that misstep, or I've been so consistent that I can't afford a misstep quote unquote misstep and, you know, go have a piece of pizza with my buddy or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we get so like stir crazy about this stuff that it's not always good. You know, it's not always a positive experience. Talk, speaking about nutrition, I'm curious your approach. I know you and Kristen talk about this a lot and other coaches at your gym, but you know, for someone who's really, who's active already, like, I guess like myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape, but you know, I want to change some of my body composition, right. To create more muscle, get leaner, lose some body fat body fat percentage, you know, lower that a bit. What are some of the things that are really important for changing for someone who wants to change body composition? Yeah, that's a really good question. The way that we handle it, and I can only speak to my own experiences, the way that we handle it is that we always focus on before we talk about quantity, we talk about quality, quality matters, right? A lot of the stuff that we're noticing, and you know, I know we, we won't touch on the world right now. But a lot of the world's issues, as far as health goes, is the fact that we eat a lot of garbage, even if we think it's good. It's, there's a lot of garbage that's in inside of our food. As we kind of develop uh, more as a society, we, we look for quick answers and a lot of quick answers have bad ingredients, right? It's crazy because like when our grandparents were around, there was no such thing as organic food. It was just food. Like there was no such oh, wow. thing. So now, now we have classifications of food like organic, USDA organic, non-GMO organic. There's all these things out there that are just different. So we really have to focus on quality. And the problem with that is that a lot of people see the price points of what it takes to eat quality food, right? Grass-fed, organic, non-GMO, all that stuff. It's expensive. They make it expensive on purpose. If you ask me personally, we won't go down that rabbit hole, but they make it a little <laughs> bit more harder to obtain because, you know, there's no money in healthy people. There just isn't, you know, and again, we won't go down that rabbit hole. So yeah, there is a little bit of an investment, but it's a lot more cost effective to eat healthy versus watching your health deteriorate, right? So that's the first thing that we always talk about is like, let's get you eating quality food and learning how to do that. So where do I get this stuff from? How do I know what's healthy? How do I know what's good for me and not good for me? And that's something that um, Kristen and I always start with when we're talking about nutrition with people. Once we've mastered that, now we talk about quantity. A lot of people aren't eating enough and they gain weight because of that your body will hold on to what it needs. And if it's not getting enough of it, you'll hold it in fat. That's just the way it works. A lot of people are like, well, I barely eat and I'm, I, I can't lose the weight. Well, you'll be surprised that once you start eating more of the right stuff, when you're supposed to eat it, you're going to lose weight. And that was the biggest thing for me. Uh, honestly, I was like, there's no way. Like, I work with somebody who, one of our coaches is a, is a macronutrient professional. She really knows her stuff with that stuff. So she keeps me in track with that. She makes sure that I'm eating the right amount of stuff every day depending on the days that I'm training, stuff like that. I already knew quality though. I, I, I had been learning quality through Kristen for a very long time. Once I figured that out and I started realizing like, okay, I need to kind of figure out what I'm eating and how much I am. 
she gave me numbers that like, well, I don't even eat that now. You want me to eat that? You want me to start eating that much food? Like, there's no way that's going to help me lose weight. And dude, I just started losing weight. I started getting leaner. I started getting more like aesthetic looking. And I was like, this is insane. If I, uh, next time we're in the gym, I'll show you a picture of literally me uh, nine months ago to where I am now. And you'd be like, holy smokes. Like that's insane. Really? Yeah, dude, it's nuts. Uh, I wasn't heavy. I think I made, I made an appointment with this um, coach at the gym, the nutritionist. Oh, dude, Rebecca, she's actually my partner in the in the business too. So she's my partner inside of Lumberjack as well. But she, uh, dude, she's a, she's amazing at what she does. We call her the macro mama because she's oh, really? just really good at it, and she's a mom. So it's just it's pretty impressive how much she's changed. She's changed a lot of people in the gym. A lot of people's physical uh, appearances are due to to Rebecca and her her mad scientist ways. Cool. Well, I'm definitely going to take advantage of that somehow or another. Heck yeah, but, man. I would definitely sit down and talk to her because she, she knows her stuff, man. She knows her stuff. So aside from the quality of the food and the quantity of food, those things directly impact body composition. Is there, is there any, what other things are important for people to be thinking about? Yeah, stress is huge. We are a stressful environment, right? Especially the way the world stress is super high and cortisol levels will affect everything in your body. So if you're somebody who's stressed about money, family stuff, just anything that stresses you out, your job, whatever, whatever, you got to get rid of it. You have to, you have to figure it out. You have to find your Zen, your happy place, whatever it is that you're doing uh, that's causing the stress needs to get mitigated because you can do all the right stuff in the world. If you're stressed out, it's going to, you know, the number one leading, which is crazy. If you actually think about this, the number one leading cause of death in America is still heart disease and heart disease comes from nutrition, stress, and lack of sleep. Those are the three main correlates of heart disease. And I bet you anybody listening to this podcast right now could say i have at least one of those issues if not all three wow there's only 12 percent of the population out of the 330 million people in america that are actually truly healthy 12 percent. is that an article that came out recently i heard a few people quote that as well i don't know where it actually came from Kristen did Kristen gets um these things through her profession that kind of gives these analytics out and she she is the one who told me about it and she's like yeah that's pretty crazy only 12 percent. that means you have no underlying health issues whatsoever I'm going to try to get that from her or find it online to link in the show. Yeah, I'll ask her about it. I think it's so interesting, that fact, that fact, because it's kind of scary that 12% of people have no metabolic issues. That's just, it's a crazy reality. Yeah. And if you, it, it all started back when it's crazy. If you actually map it back, it's, it's almost like a plan design, right? Because when you noticed it all starting to happen was when women started to find a career when the women's liberation started is when this all started because women weren't home to keep the house in check right like we we very much undervalue the touch of a woman in a home always right and when that was the case kids were taken care of the health of people were, were way better so like when we started to really talk about women like, oh, you deserve to be a CEO, which they totally do. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think that that's a wrong thing to have. That's what you aspire for. But when we started to kind of like really push for that to happen and women started to like step out of the household and there was nobody there to take care of that stuff, food got cheaper and faster to make. Microwaves were invented. Fast food was a bigger thing. And fast food was already a thing, but it started to grow exponentially. If you actually go back and look at it, I've actually done this research before and like you'll see the explosion of fast food right around that same time. So basically the men created the problem then because Yeah, hundred percent. So we were looking for ways to do things more efficiently because yep. if the women weren't at home doing other things, then we were stepping in and trying to pull our weight in the in the house as men and the whole family, like, oh, we've got to eat. Well, instead of like mom wasn't here to make dinner, let's go to McDonald's. Right, right. Wow. Or let's it, go out to eat. I haven't heard that perspective before. Wow. 
There's actually data that shows it too. It's pretty crazy. One of the Rockefellers actually talked about it, how he was like, oh yeah, dude, we weren't just trying to get 50% of the population to get taxed. We're looking to, to make things faster and less efficient for, or more efficient for people because that's more money in our pockets because that's the big corporations own that stuff, right? Those are the, those are the things that own that stuff. Gosh, we can have another whole conversation. Yeah, let's not go down that rabbit hole. That's terrible. That's, <laughs> that's just... Let's get into the evil of the world. Yeah, it's um, let's let's, <laughs> let's let's we're we're on a really positive track here. Yeah, you know, I want to touch on a for somebody who's listening right now. I'm curious, like, if there's one big takeaway, you know, what's the Leon big takeaway? What's your big message that you would want to leave somebody with? Don't give up on yourself. Too many people, I think, are quick to give up on themselves. That's what I think. I think honestly, there's a lot of excuses as to why you can't do something, but if you can control those excuses and turn them into, no, that's why I'm going to do this because, you know, A and B, whatever, whatever it is that you're looking for, don't quit on yourself. Find a way. Even if it's, it's funny, I actually just had this conversation with my sister because I'm watching my, my nephew go through what I went through as a kid. I'm watching him become overweight and very unhealthy. And I'm talking to her, I'm like, and my sister's name is Jenna. And I was like, Jen, you have to do something with him. Get him outside 30 minutes a day. Start there. Like just walk outside with him. Start to show him what food, what real food looks like. And he'll learn at this age and then he'll carry that with him for the rest of his life. And she's very quick to be like, oh, I'm busy and things like that. It's like, no, you're not. We all have the same 24 hours in a day, right? You can make the time a half hour. You know how many times we waste time? On this devil's device right here, yeah, like that, that thing, if you, I, if you looked at your battery, where your usage is, you would probably find an hour a day just by looking at, oh, wow, I spent an hour on Instagram today. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, and that's a, that's a different hour. You know, if you go outside and just, it, it's simple, I'm not going to sit on the couch right now. I'm going to go for a walk. Wow. Don't give up on yourself. Pay attention and get rid of the excuses. You remind me of a, a quote. It's another guest I interviewed, Ron Finley. He says, kids who grow kale eat kale. Yeah, that's like you, true. You're, you're talking about your nephew. It's like, you know, when he's, when he's experiencing real food, you know, as a teen or a young kid, he's going to be more likely to want to eat those foods as he, as he grows up. And it just makes a lot of sense. So that's, um, that's, that's great advice. I, I, we're getting up. We're getting close in time here. Um, I want to ask one last question for you before we wrap up. Um, that I like to ask everybody, which is, what is one area of your life that you're feeling full in right now? Honestly, my relationship with Kristen. Yeah, it's getting better. Getting better every day. From this path that I went down with this uh, opening my own gym and getting into this fitness field as not just a professional, as a coach, but as a businessman was, was really a different transition for me. It took a lot of my time away from it and it, it hardened me back up in our relationship. I expected mm -hmm. a lot from her when we were starting it. Cause she was like my right hand and, uh, appreciate things a lot more and be more understanding and meeting her where she's at. And it's kind of like what I was talking about earlier. And I think that's where I'm starting to feel the most full. And it's funny because because of a byproduct of that, everything else is getting better. Wow, that's beautiful, man. Thank you. Yeah, you guys seem to have a good thing going on. Yeah, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. That's, a, that's beautiful, man. I actually have a question for you real quick. Oh, oh, hey, I'm here. All yours. What are you feeling full with? What, what makes you right now in your life? Oh, wow. What's, what, where am I feeling full in right now in my life? Hmm. Usually I'm the one asking that question. I think just with people, friendships, our connection, 
just like in relationship, realizing how how big of a gift it is to have so much emotional resonance with people that I care about or that I'm getting to know. And I think it's just a, it's, it's something that I think about daily and the gratitude that I have for it because there was a point in my life where, you know, when I was younger, that it was that was the hardest thing for me. It was the hardest thing for me to feel close to people, to have friends. And yeah, I'm just really... I'm really grateful for that. I think that, you know, one, uh, a close friend of mine, Mark, who actually had the um, podcast last week, he says that emotion, something, I'm not exactly sure of the quote, I'm going to butcher it, but something about emotional resonance being the highest currency or the most valuable currency in the world. Heck yeah. That's awesome, dude. And good for you too, because you're not, this isn't your normal home, right? This isn't where you like, you kind of uprooted yourself and put yourself here. Yeah. So you could have reclused the hell out of yourself and be like, nah, man, I'm, I'm going to back off. And yet you're still finding that growth inside of that, that realm, which is pretty impressive because a lot of people don't do that, man. A lot of people are like, whoa, I'm gonna just going to ride this out and see where it goes. So dude, kudos to you for being able to find that. That's pretty awesome. When I come to a new place, especially in the Hudson, especially I was here last year and gyms weren't even open then. But like when, I, when I'm at a new place like this, like there are certain things that ground me and having a gym or a trainer, that kind of relationship is really important to my my ability to feel grounded. You know, you know, home when I'm living out of, a, you know, Airbnb for a month or two or here or there, that doesn't really phase me as much. Obviously, I would love to have like a, a, a stable home now, but because pandemic and weather and my preferences it may not be as as simple having a gym a trainer co-working space healthy food like there's certain things that really just keep me on track and then i'm close to friends and family you know i got a car friends and family in new york which is great and um yeah man but a, bit, a lot of gratitude to you for just being there and crushing it with me at the gym a couple times a week it makes a big difference I appreciate you giving me the trust to do that because that's a big step you have to make a big and i'll be honest with you too so this is this is a true statement i only have two one-on-ones you and the gentleman that you see that comes in after you. I typically don't take on one-on-ones unless I feel like I can vibe with the person right. If I don't feel like it's going to be a good vibe, I don't do it. And you're the only other one that I have right now. And I won't take on any more. I was actually curious about that because when I came in the first time, I asked you about one-on-one training. You're like, oh yeah, one of my trainers couldn't work out with you. And then after a few days of me coming to the gym myself, and we spoke about it again, you're like, oh yeah, I, can, I have some spots in the morning or something like that. You remember that? Yeah, I, like to, I like to feel people out, man. Like I want to see... Is it just talk or is it going to keep showing up? Because if you keep showing up on your own, especially in that situation when you were showing up, I'm like, all right, this dude, this guy's, he's got the dedication to at least keep showing up because you could have never came back. And if you never came back, that clearly tells me everything I need to know. But you kept showing up on your own. And then you realized, I think that you needed a little bit more guidance. And if not to toot my own horn, I don't think that there's anybody that can touch me as far as coaching goes. Anybody? Like, well, oh, in terms of your, the way you feel I, as a coach. Yeah, I'm pretty confident in my ability to coach anybody. Like you can come in with like a four a arm grown out of your head. I'm like, yeah, we can make this, this is the biggest arm ever. You know what I mean? Like uh, I know how to, and, uh, and because I, I was fortunate enough and I take this as fortunate, I've had every injury in the world that you could possibly imagine. I've worked with people that have had lupus, MS, you know, torn biceps. A couple of our people have had uh, some serious life altering medical issues. Like we had a guy who had a pulmonary embolism and just we've worked with people multiple time uh, cancer survivors, stuff like wow. that. So I'm very confident in my ability to work with anybody, but I don't just do that for anybody. Hmm. I need to make sure that that person has what it takes to continue on. And dude, I saw that in you. So I'm like, good for you. Cause that doesn't, Thanks, I don't hand out compliments very easily either. So <laughs> I'm aware, <laughs> I'm quite aware of that. Well, thank you. That's that yeah, means absolutely. A, means a thank lot. Thank you man. for trusting me too, man. I don't take that lightly. I take that very serious. Yeah. And, um, thanks dude. 
if you're listening and you're in the area and you're looking for a gym to get into and work out and you're, you want to get motivated, I highly recommend checking out Lumberjack, Lumberjack Athletics, right? Yep. If you're looking for, you know, whether it's one-on-one training, group classes, whatever you're comfortable with in this current universe condition, but, you know, I would highly recommend this gym. Or you can always go to Planet Fitness. You know, Leanne won't stop you. Obviously, if you go to Planet Fitness, just this CrossFit's not, the CrossFit thing isn't for you, but no judgments. I've been to Planet Fitness many, many times. So, oh, heck yeah. Absolutely. Whatever works. And also, if you're ever looking for programming, I do personal, uh, you could get programming from me and it's 50 bucks a month. And you can, it's actually going to get launched on Train Heroic. It's an app. It's going to be getting launched soon. So, if you're not sure what to do at these gyms, you can still, without paying a coach, get a pretty decent size uh, cool. amount of programming for that too. So we'll make sure to link all that in the show notes and um, anything else you want to share about Mac or mama or Kristen or anybody else's work. Happy to link it all in the show for anybody um, to get any virtual support they need. Yeah, absolutely. We like to try to do things organically. We don't want to push things into people, but uh, we want the, the resources to be known that they're there. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Dude. Awesome. All right. Well, Hey man, have a great weekend and I'll see you on Monday morning. Absolutely, man. I look forward to it. Great having you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, one more thing before we say goodbye. My goal is to make Feeling Full the best possible podcast you listen to, and I love your feedback. If you have comments, ideas for future shows, guests, or topics, or just feedback in general, you can email me at m@feelingfull.com. You can also find out more about the show and all the past episodes at feelingfull.com. And if you found this episode valuable, please share it with a friend or leave a review. Until the next episode, take care, be well, and feel full.